Hi and welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma. I'll be your host for the day. Hi Anastasia. Welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. We're really happy to have you here today. Could we start with knowing a little bit about you? What have you been doing for the past couple of years and can you tell our audience about yourself? Yes, thank you Paroma. It's really nice to to be speaking to you and to your audience here today. So my name is Anastasia Pavlova. I currently run my own strategic advisory and marketing consulting service for technology growth companies. So I advise companies of various sizes on marketing strategies, digital transformation, demand generation, account-based marketing, product go-to-market strategy, and high-performance team development. I'm also a thought leader, blog, and post, uh, podcast contributing writer, and I speak publicly on these uh, topics quite often. Uh, most recently, um, I was vice president of marketing at Webgility, which is um, an e-commerce and accounting automation software provider for small businesses. And there, I was responsible for all aspects of marketing, including content marketing, driving 40% year-over-year revenue growth. And before Webgility, I ran demand generation at Marketo, focusing on the entire customer lifecycle, from net new logo acquisition, revenue mm-hmm. acceleration, all the way to platform adoption, customer retention, and cross-sell. And before Marketo, I held various marketing leadership roles at companies such as Corel, Rovi, Sonic Solutions, and Roxio Napster. So I've been around quite uh, quite a bit, and um, my um, most of my career is spent in the in the technology industry. That's pretty interesting. So what I wanted to know is how have you seen marketing evolve? You've held several leadership roles, and there have been several changes in marketing over the last few years, given the new technologies, the new changes in the way people are consuming content, and also the way they want it presented to them. They are being choosy. There is a lot of content out there. So what? how have you seen this entire digital marketing, marketing trend change over the last couple of years? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And um, uh, marketing is uh, really um, has been evolving uh, quite a bit in the last few years. And uh, we've seen more changes in, in, in marketing and digital marketing over the last five years than probably in the last hundred years. Right, and a lot of that is really fueled by technology. So, if you look at the um, marketing technology landscape, um, there, are, you know, almost 6,000 different vendors that are on the list, and uh, the category has become really, really fragmented, which creates lots of opportunities for marketers, but also presents challenges because a lot of those technologies, you know, they're hard to learn. Um, they don't integrate with each other, and uh, you need specialized talent to to, to run them. But um, I, you know, as marketers, it's it's sort of become, uh, on the one hand, again easier because he, many folks are empowered by the technology, but also harder because everyone is using those technologies, and uh, it's becoming very noisy, right? So when it relates to content right. marketing, there is a lot of noise out there. Everyone is now a content marketer. Everyone has a blog. Everyone is trying to communicate their message, and it's harder and harder to stand out. So you really need the right um, the right tools, and you need the right skills to be able to, um, to break through. To rise above the noise. 
to break through the noise. You know, and, and yeah. another aspect I would uh, also mention is that we're now seeing a really big transition from inbound marketing, you know, traditional demand generation where content really plays a big role, and uh, transition to account-based marketing, which, again, we can get into the details later. Right, great. So what would you tell, what would you tell younger marketers who are currently entering the space you know, there are so many challenges. Like you said, there's too much content out there. Everybody is doing the same thing. So what do you tell them? How can they differentiate themselves besides having a good balance between ideas, skill set, and technology abilities, the ability to use new tools and the ability to learn about new tools? What else can they be doing? Well, tools and certainly help, but um, it's it's important really to to gain the experience and to be a, a great marketer um, as a starting point. And, and that kind of starts with, you know, being passionate about the field um, and also understand the products really well. And also, uh, probably most importantly, really understand the customers and customer needs that you're, that you're marketing to because uh, content um, and any product message cannot be really successful without right and understanding their right. needs and being helpful and and, uh, and trying to help them solve their problems. Right. So tell me one thing, what are your thoughts on the driving factor behind content marketing today? Why is everyone still so still so excited about it? it? Like this is what we've been observing. Even if you're a young startup, you're a new company, everybody still wants to do the same thing even though they know that there's already a lot out there. So especially in your industry, in, in the roles that you've held so far, what has driven marketing teams to always rely on content marketing? Well, first of all, let, let's kind of define what content is because sometimes people sort of narrowly think of content as blog posts or ebooks, right? Content is a lot right. more than that. Content is really everything. It's everything you publish on as a marketer on all touch points, whether it's your website whether it's thought leadership content, your press releases, your presentations, your video, everything is content, right? So um, you really need to have content and the right content, again, to, to tell your story, story about your product, story about your company, um, story that will help your prospective customers really um, understand that they have a problem and, and how you can help them solve the problem, right? So. And content also fuels the demand generation engine, right? So when we're talking about B2B marketing, you know, um, your demand generation engine cannot cannot run without content as a fuel, right? Because you need right. to, again, um, provide your customers uh, along the buying journey all the right information that will help them through through that journey. And so that's why right. content is so pervasive and and and. Uh, companies companies use that. Okay, so let me ask you here, given all your past experiences um, and in this category of content marketing, was content gating ever a particular focus area as part of your overall marketing strategy? Content gating, how much importance would you give to it? So there is a couple of reasons why companies gate content. So one is because it enables marketers and companies to collect information about prospects so that marketers can develop more relevant, timely, and personalized content, right? Right. So also it enriches the prospect database and helps marketing and sales to be more efficient. 
So the more yeah. information marketers collect on the forums, the better they can segment and, and nurture prospects by providing them with valuable information. And that, of course, accelerates sales cycles, enables sales to be more to have more relevant conversations at a later stage and close uh, more deals as a result. Yeah, so usually the norm that we've seen is that everyone has pretty much a similar content dating strategy in terms of, you know, there'll be a lead form uh, to hide your webinar or your ebook or, you know, assets like that. So how, do, how would you tell people to sort of create a different content gating strategy? What should they be keeping free? What should they still be keeping gated, given that everyone is currently following pretty much, pretty, pretty much the same format? You have a landing page. You sort of always choose to gate a few assets. Usually blogs are kept open. So is there something else you can, you can talk about here to help, to, to help people understand what they can do differently? Yeah, so... The best way to think about it is, first of all, you need to develop content um, and place it sort of along the, the buying journey, right? So different types of content apply different stages of, of the buying journey. So you can think of it as, you know, thought leadership content, for example, is early stage. So this goes kind of your, your press releases, your awareness pieces, so everything that sort of educates um, prospects about um, you know, your company, uh, industry trends, creates affinity with the brand, helps prospective buyers to realize that they have a problem. So thought leadership content is typically not gated, right? And so examples right. of thought leadership content could include blog articles, so infographics, some introductory videos. So also companies typically don't gate late-stage content. And so those are typically delivered sort of during evaluation stage of the sales cycles. And late-stage content includes, you know, customer case studies, product reviews, sort of how-to videos. So, again, everything that helps sales close the deals. Now, pricing right. um, and, and packaging of products and solutions kind of is interesting, right? So sometimes it's gated, sometimes it's not gated. And it really depends on the complexity of your product offering and, and sort of the price point of the product or solution. So it was right. for example, our pricing information is readily available on the website. And Marketo, for example, when I started, when it was focused more on the um, SMB segment, it also published its pricing. But uh, as the company moved up towards um, mid-market and enterprise buyers, so they stopped publishing pricing information. And so the middle of the funnel content, of course, is um, not gated by most companies, right? And so, again, that content pertains to specific company solutions, and uh, the type of content, again, can be delivered in various formats, whether it's white papers, webinars, or product demos. And the reason for gating this content is, is that you need to better qualify prospects by matching their needs to, to company solutions so that they don't waste expensive sales resources. Yes, course, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But form fields are not the only way to, to gather, again, prospect information, right? You have right. the right marketing automation and data management tools. You can add behavioral data. You can add intent data. So there, there are tons of vendors that can help you in, in gathering this information. Gathering this information, exactly. So, Dami, um, according to you, in B2B, especially in B2B marketing, what are the few things you would tell marketers, especially content marketers, to rely on if they have a scarcity when it comes to resources. So should they be focusing on, you know, open blogs, 
ebooks you know maybe they have a very narrow team very small team so what would you give high priority importance to well again it's uh, i don't want to give sort of blanket recommendation it all really depends on the product that they market or the service that they market right how complex how technically um, difficult it is so um, it really depends on whether they need to whether they can create content internally with just a couple of people or whether they need to go outside and, and uh, employ services of um, subject matter experts um, so um, I think a combination of things is always uh, sort of a good idea so you need some good writers on, on the team and you need to really figure out who are your main influences, who are your subject matter experts, right? And then right. the combination of, um, you know, sharing blogs, for example, blog articles, or um, helping, you know, again, uh, trying to work together with, with influencers and helping them promote um, their content on, on your properties and at the same time, you know, getting valuable content from them to deliver to your audience could, you know, help you um, build a library of good content. So um, right. other consideration in this regard. So there, there are many, um, you know, freelance writers available on many, many topics. There are marketplaces that you can go to and employ the services of, um, of writers. Um, Platforms like Newscred provide you, you know, with a lot of, um, again, content that you can that you can repurpose. But you absolutely need to have content marketers on the team who can, again, uh, not only write but also manage the whole content development uh, development process. And if you're starting with a pretty decent uh, content library, again, what uh, the rules that 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 is helpful um, to keep in mind is that you can always sort of refresh, recycle, and, and retire content and adapt content for, for different audiences, right? So if you are, for example, um, if you have a large library of generic demand generation content and you need to adapt it to account-based marketing focusing on specific industry or specific accounts, then, then you, can, you can easily do that with some you know, easy hacks. Yeah, I think yeah, what you said was pretty interesting towards the end. So, uh, can you tell us what some of your biggest takeaways are? A couple of words for our listeners before we end this conversation. So, takeaways again. I think the industry is certainly changing a lot. I think the important thing to keep in mind that um, um, companies need to sort of follow the what we call a four one one rule, for example, right? Try not not to push. Um, late stage content like data sheets or product information too early in the in the sales cycles because that um, at best can you know you will get crickets right you you won't get any engagement or response as a result um, at the worst you you're going to basically deplete um, deplete your database so at Marketo we followed this 411 rule and I applied it at Webgility as well. And basically, it means that for, for every four pieces of entertaining, educational, and valued pieces of content, you can push sort of one soft sell and what, one hard um, sell, like a demo or, or, or trial. And, uh, right. and, of course, look into you know, various technologies that can help you 
um, understand and, and, and leverage uh, content effectively. So there are some pretty interesting technologies that are emerging as well. Um, so there is a, con a company called uh, Lookbook HQ. It's actually they rebranded into Path Factory recently. And um, it helps you aggregate content within their platform and binge feed it to, to prospects when they track the initial engagement um, or spark. And so, you know, platforms like that could be, you know, quite expensive for, for many. So um, there are, again, hacks around that at Webgility. For example, we applied the same methodology, but leveraged triggers and landing pages um, with content on specific topics of interest, right? And so this approach can definitely help accelerate sales cycles and, uh, and get your prospects to an opportunity um, stage faster. And right. um, video is becoming a lot more prevalent. Um, of course, you mm -hmm. see video a lot, and I think shorter form video as well. So um, I've seen a couple of examples. Um, for example, Vidyart, uh, which is a, um, a video platform, and they, they also have um, personalized video um, tools. And Wistia, their competitor, they help you host videos on their platform and track how much which part of the video is being watched. So again, very, very useful. And um, in terms of having shorter videos, shorter webinars, so that again, there is, there is this trend happening right now. So we see a lot of kind of transition from one hour webinars all the way down to 30 minutes or 15 minute webinars. Vidyart recently had webinars, which is basically a webinar, nine minute webinar, which I thought was really clever. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Especially, you know, there has been this entire boost with video video content of late, and then shorter videos. There's also this trend: shorter blog articles, listicle formats. Because I guess there's so much noise out there, so you have to break it down for everybody so that you get attention also. So, yeah, a lot of changes. Lots of changes, and you know, another consideration around content, and seen sort of many companies struggle with that. Even when I was at Marketo, and I mean, it's still challenging for many companies, is really how do you measure content ROI, right? How do you justify the investment in your content team and, and content strategy if, if you can't put a dollar number on, on the return? So there are different ways of doing that. Again, you know, many companies, they basically, they look at Google Analytics mostly and, you know, the the number of visits to particular web pages uh, for your blog, and then try to extrapolate yeah. um, engagement yeah. based. But you know, mm -hmm. at market we um, we invested so much in 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 the content. We um, released uh, a you know hundred page definitive guide almost every quarter. Um, and we treated each of these uh, guides as a, as a product launch with a, with a huge um, integrated campaign uh, to push it. And so we were able to, to measure not only the downloads from each guide, but all the, the, the amount of MQLs, opportunities um, associated with each piece of content, and uh, revenue one from, from each report. So with the right tools, it's definitely possible. And, uh, but, you know, again, companies need to, to have the right methodology and the right tools to be able to, again, measure the success of their content strategies and be able to, to justify investments in, in, that, um, in that field. Right. And that's very important today because everyone wants to create content. So I guess this balance is very, very important. I think we've had a very interesting chat. 
and uh, I thank you for spending your time with us. And is there anything else you'd like to add, or should we call it a day? No, thank you, Parama. It's been it's been great. I really appreciate the opportunity, and um, I would say you know keep up uh, the good work. And uh, for all uh, young marketers and content marketers out there, you know be pa- passionate about what you do and and try to understand your your customers and. Uh, and, and try new things. Always test and always experiment, and um, it won't be dull. Thank you so much, Anastasia. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I'll catch you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.